so glad you could join us for mornings at YCBC today. We want to thank you for being a part of our online family and we hope that this message encourages you, blesses you and helps you grow in your walk with Him. So let's get into the Word. Uh, so this morning we don't have a, a set Bible reading. We've got lots of Bible passages. The uh, the event is up on the, the YouVersion Bible app if, if you want to connect with the scriptures we're going to use this morning. Uh, but we're going to get jump straight in uh, this morning. We're going to, going to be exploring the scriptures, but there's not just one Bible reading. Uh, and so this morning, uh, the message I want to en- us to engage with around God's Word together is three big questions to ask ourselves right now. Uh, and now is a time we're asking so many questions, all of us asking so many questions. We're, we're asking what's happening. Uh, we're asking, are we doing enough to respond to the coronavirus? Uh, uh, are we overreacting to the coronavirus? Are schools going to close? Should schools close? Should they stay open? Uh, am I safe? Is my family safe? Uh, am I going to die? Will I lose my job? How do we worship together when we can't be together? How long will this last? What is a coronavirus? What is a virus? I googled that. What's a virus? What actually is a virus? Will I be able to get toilet paper? (laughs) And so the questions we're asking ourselves uh, uh, range from these existential life questions to the basic necessities of life. We're asking so many questions at the moment. So this morning I wanted to explore three big questions. Uh, that I think God wants us as his people to be asking this morning. Uh, these are three big questions that will help us to keep our focus and to keep our faith through this season, however long it lasts. Uh, and so uh, this morning, I think God wants us to ask ourselves, where am I focusing my attention? Where am I focusing my attention? So there's always so many things competing for our attention, even in, in normal seasons. There's so many things that compete for our attention, but that's just multiplied by 10, 100, a, a, a thousand times at the moment. There's so many things that would compete for the attention of my mind, of my eyes and your eyes. Uh, we're pulled to the left and we're pulled to the right. We're, we're drawn uh, in so many different directions. Where do we look? It's such a, a, a temptation to scroll to scroll, to scroll, to scroll, to scroll. Um, even in normal times, I struggle with this um, thing on Facebook that it's never really satisfying, but it's engineered to, to make me think that if I just scroll a little bit further, I'll find something that satisfies. I'll find the video that's funny, and I'll get the laugh, and then I'll get back to, to real life. And, and these things are engineered to draw us towards fixing our eyes upon them. It's not just Facebook, it's Instagram, it's our news feed, but, but it's not just digital. Uh, there's so many things in our world, it seems that the more worthless things are the things that, that draw us to fix our eyes upon them. And so this week I, I was reading in my own devotional time and I was struck by this verse and it, and it spoke very much to me and I think it speaks very much to all of us in this season. It's Psalm 119 verse 37. And, and in it, uh, the, the, the writer of this psalm says, Turn my eyes away from worthless things. Preserve my life according to your word. Preserve my life according to your word. And, and so it was just a, a great encouragement to me in this season, but also, as I admit, I struggle with this kind of thing all the time, uh, fixing my eyes on, on worthless things. It was such an encouragement to me. Uh, don't get me wrong, it's helpful to stay informed. 
You know, Facebook's a great tool uh, to stay informed. Uh, news.com, abc.net, org, or whatever news feed you have, it's a great tool to help us stay informed, and that's important and valuable. But these things are also designed to, to keep us engaged beyond their level of worthfulness. There's so much that draws our attention, our eyes towards it, that's worthless. And so uh, this psalm reminded me that sometimes I can't do it. Sometimes I need God's help to draw my attention, my eyes away from the worthless so that I might fix my life, my eyes upon his word. And so the answer to the, the, the question of where should I fix my attention or where am I fixing my attention from this psalm is pretty clear. In this season, more than ever, our eyes should be turned to God's word. Because it's God's word that preserves life. It's God's word that builds our life. It's God's word that gives life. Not Facebook, not Instagram, not news.com, not ABC News, not the, the television, not Netflix, not Stan. None of these things are evil in their own right necessarily, but but they don't give life. The only thing that we can fix our eyes upon that gives life is is this, is God's Word. It, it, it is what we must focus on in this season more than ever. And, and as, our, as our lives are disrupted, as they're, uh, as they're interrupted, as we're working from home, as, as some people's uh, jobs are, are changing and coming into a different space and some of us are finding we've got more time than ever, uh, some of us are finding we've got less time or the kids are, are around or, or different things like that, in this season is a, is a great opportunity to really dig deeply into focusing our eyes upon God's Word that gives life. A few psalms later, the psalmist says this, uh, in, in terms of the question of where am I focusing my attention, the psalmist says, I lift my eyes up to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. And so there's this sense of, of having to lift our eyes up it's, it's so easy to, to, to be focused right on, on the nitty-gritty of here and now, of all those questions of, of, of what's happening, are we doing enough, uh, can I get toilet paper, all of those immediate now questions. The psalmist encourages us to lift our eyes up from the immediate, from the instantaneous, to fix our eyes upon the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Uh, the, the Lord who has power to actually help us. Uh, we looked at, at this verse, um, 2 Chronicles 20 verse 12, uh, a while ago last year in our, in our uh, Chronicles series as a church. Um, and, and it really struck a chord with me and I think it's appropriate to bring back up now. Uh, this is a situation where, where the city of Jerusalem was surrounded, as we've seen that it might look like we're surrounded. The city of Jerusalem was in big trouble. There was an army marching against them. Uh, that they had no power to overcome. And so the king um, says, Our God, will you not judge them, these enemies? For we have no power to face this vast army that is attacking us. 
And so one thing that's clear, uh, for me at least, is I have no power. Yes, I can wash my hands. Yes, I can and keep my spatial distancing. Uh, I encourage you to call it more that than social distancing. Let's be socially connected, but spatially apart. Um, I can do those things. Uh, we've, we've obviously made significant changes about our, how we're gathering as a church. We can do all those things, but, but what's clear to me is we're powerless as individuals to really face this enemy, this virus. We cannot overcome it in our own strength. And so in this situation of we don't know what to do, what Jerusalem did under their king was they fixed their eyes upon the Lord. And so this this phrase is, I think, we want to have bedded in our hearts at the moment as we face uncertain circumstances, as, as we face all those other questions we started with this morning, when, when we don't know what to do, it's so fundamental, yes, that we fix our eyes upon His Word, but also that we fix our eyes upon Him. When we don't know what to do, we fix our eyes upon you. And so the first big question to ask ourselves in this season is, where am I focusing my attention? And so I want to encourage us as individuals and as a church family together to fix our eyes upon God's Word. To fix our eyes upon the Lord, to, to, to not let our habits slip. Uh, to not let our devotional habits slip, to when our, when our life routine is disrupted, to, to not let our habit of, of dwelling in His Word slip. And if you don't have that habit, it's a, it's a great opportunity, this disruption, to, to begin a new habit of dwelling in His Word. And I encourage you, as, as different as it may seem, to be gathering together online, uh, I encourage you to not let the habit of gathering with the church slip. As much as we, the advantage of doing this is we can just kind of connect with that later on and, and that's great if, if you need to, that's a great advantage. But I encourage you to, to maintain the habit of Sunday mornings are about gathering for worship. It's a great opportunity for us to focus on what our, our vision picture is this year is to, to learn to abide in, in Jesus in a deeper way. It's a great opportunity for us when life's disrupted to dig deeply into what that looks like and what that means. Uh, and so, where am I focusing my attention? Let that be on, on the Lord and His Word this morning and as we go forward into this new season. Uh, the second question, so uh, where am I focusing my attention? The, the second question uh, I think God wants us to ask uh, as, as, as individuals and as a church this morning is this, it, it is what spirit am I filled with? See, it only takes a trip to the supermarket to, to see that many are filled with a spirit of fear and anxiety. It actually only takes a trip to the supermarket, if I'm honest, to start to be filled with a spirit of fear and anxiety if we're not careful. Um, the challenge of getting toilet paper is real. The battle is real, as they would say. It shouldn't be real. There should be plenty to go around. But at the moment, if you actually need it, the battle is real. And, and so it only takes that, that trip to the supermarket to realize the world is filled with anxiety and fear at the moment. We're panic buying. It's moving from one item to another. It was toilet paper. 
and, now, and then it was pasta and then it was frozen vegetables and tins of things and, and, and the, the number of items that the supermarkets are having to list as, as restricted is increasing and increasing uh, as we continue to, to live in panic and fear as, as a nation and as, as a, a human population on this planet. Uh, and I would suggest, you know, there's, there's also the opposite of this, this panic buying. There's also this sense of bravado. Ah, it's just the flu. It's just, it's just a cold. It's, it's nothing. We shouldn't be worried about it. But I, I would suggest even that is actually coming out of a spirit of anxiety and fear. It's coming from a place of, of fearfulness of, of how this is going to change the world. And we don't like our world to change. We, we get into our comfort zone and we want things to keep going like that. We're, we're terrified of what will happen to the economy uh, if this thing goes on. And, and so I don't even say that sense of bravado, of like, ah, it's nothing, it's just, yeah, it's not a big deal. I don't even say that that is actually coming out of a spirit of fear. And so in the Scriptures, if we look to the Scriptures for, for the right answer to this question, uh, in John 14, uh, Jesus is talking to his disciples and he's talking about uh, as, when he leaves, uh, God is going to send the Holy Spirit to us. And, and so he says, And I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and to be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. That's, that's the Holy Spirit he's talking about. The world cannot accept him. And so Jesus is saying that, that the spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit, is not the spirit of the world. It's not the spirit that, that the world, in, in a general sense, is filled with. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him or knows him. But, but you know him. He's saying to us who believe in, in Jesus, you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I want to say this morning, we live on the other side of that will be. Jesus here was talking before the day of Pentecost. And so if we believe in Jesus, we are on the other side of that will be. He, he is with us, the Spirit, and in us as we trust in Jesus. Later on in that chapter, Jesus is describing a little bit of what the Spirit does in, in the lives of those that believe in him. And he says, but the Advocate, which is another name the Holy Spirit has given, the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you, I do not give you as the world gives, do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. And so Jesus is saying this, this giving of the Spirit to us, this, this pouring out of the Spirit into our lives is a gift of peace. It's connected to, together, this, this giving of the Spirit and this gift of peace. The Holy Spirit is a gift of peace. The, one of the fruits of the Spirit is peace. And so Jesus is saying there's a, there's a spirit in the world and at the moment we can see that that spirit is one of fear and anxiety. But he says, I, I don't give you that spirit, I give you another spirit which is one of peace. And so we need to know what spirit we are filled with. The Holy Spirit. The spirit of truth, the spirit of peace, not fear and anxiety. And so Daniel reminded us last week of this verse as we begin our, our, our last mass worship gathering in this space for, for the time being. He, he reminded us of, of uh, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, which is familiar to many of us. It says, For the Spirit God gave us, the Holy Spirit that's been given to us, is not one that makes us timid or fearful. 
Uh, now, now, this is in the context of proclaiming the gospel. Uh, Paul saying to, to his son in the faith, Timothy, that, that the Holy Spirit is not one that makes us afraid to share the gospel. But, but then he goes on to, to talk about what the Spirit does do in us, which, is a, which applies to that sharing of the gospel. But it, it also applies to every aspect of life because this is what the Spirit does. It doesn't make us timid or fearful, but it gives us power. It gives us love. And it gives us self-discipline, or sometimes that's translated as a sound mind. And, and so when we ask ourselves the question, what spirit am I filled with? This is the answer. It's a spirit of peace if we trust in Jesus. It's a spirit of power. It's a spirit of love. And it's a spirit of self-discipline. And so if we're to apply this to, to our lives, if we're to apply this to our lives, we, we can think about, well, what does that look like? We have a, a spirit of power. In fact, elsewhere in Scripture it says um, that the same power lives in us that raised Jesus from the dead. And so if we have a spirit of power, part of our response in this season when we think about what spirit we're filled with is that we should pray, we should pray, and we should pray. Because prayer is effective. We are are filled with the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. We are filled with a spirit of power. And so we need to believe in this season that our prayer is powerful and effective, that, that our prayer can shift the atmosphere. Our prayer can shift the spread of a virus. And so we need to pray because we are filled with the spirit of power. When, when we think about being filled with the spirit of love, well, we need to be mindful in this season to love our neighbors. Jesus says, love your neighbor as you love yourself. He says, love others as I have loved you. And, and, and so... I believe an act of love is to be cautious, to, to be mindful that this is an extremely contagious virus, that though many of us won't experience um, significant illness from it, it will kill some people. And, and so to love our neighbours is to be cautious and not to have this sense of bravado of like, I don't care and I'm going to kind of touch everybody and everything I can and, and, and to be silly like that. To love our neighbour is, is to be sensible and cautious and, and with a heart to care for the vulnerable. But it's also to be mindful of those, now that we're, we're, the word that's used is socially isolating, it, it's, it's also to be mindful that that doesn't happen to the socially isolated. That we, we spatially isolate, that we give space between each other to try and slow the spread of this virus so our healthcare system can cope, but, but we need to be mindful of those in our community that, that could go missing in a sense in this time of, of not meeting together. That, that's true of the church, within the church. We're, we're not seeing each other all on a Sunday morning and, and, and we don't want to assume that everyone's okay. So let's love each other by staying in touch with one another. As I've said earlier this morning, please, please don't put that all on me. I will do my best, but we need to be the church. But it's also true of our wider community. As the church, we need to love our neighbours. We need to be checking on those that live around us that, that 
uh, we normally interact with or, or those that we know might be a little bit isolated in this season, we need to keep tabs on them. We're filled with a spirit of power, a spirit of love and a spirit of self-control or, or sound mind. So we need to be mindful of sensible behaviour. We need to not be the hoarders. We need to make sure in the way that, that we shop that we leave room for others. And, and the temptation is there. I, I went to buy some hand soap for our family the other day, a, a refill, because our, our pumps were, were running low and there was two left at Woolworths. And my, my reaction, oh, well, I was like, well, I'll grab those two because who knows where there'll be another one. I had to pause for a moment and think, well, someone else might be desperate for that other one. So I'll put it back. And this isn't about, oh, Nick's great, he left a hand soap for somebody. Um, but we need to be mindful of, of how we are self-disciplined in our own behaviours. Um, I've seen this quote um, shared a bit around Facebook and thanks to Jeanette who, who sent it to me um, from Martin Luther during the Black Plague uh, in Europe um, centuries ago. And so um, it's said that when Martin Luther was dealing with the Black Death Plague, he wrote these words, I shall ask God to mercifully protect us. Then I shall fumigate, help purify the air, administer medicine and take it. I shall avoid places and persons where my presence is not needed in order to not become contaminated and thus perchance inflict and pollute others and so cause their death as a result of my negligence. If God should wish to take me, he will surely find me. And I have done what he has expected of me, so I am not responsible for either my own death or the death of others. If my neighbour needs me, however, I shall not avoid place or person, but will go freely as stated above. See, this is such a God-fearing faith because it is neither brash nor foolhardy and does not tempt God. And so I think this quote from Martin Luther um, gives us such a great picture of what it looks like to live in this time of a pandemic filled with the spirit of peace, filled with the spirit of power, filled with the spirit of love and filled with the spirit of self-discipline of sound mind. So in this season we want to be asking ourselves, where am I focusing my attention? Uh, We want to be asking ourselves, what spirit am I filled with? But finally, and perhaps this is, this is the most important question, what is God doing in me and through me in this season? We could ask that of the church. What is God doing in us as a church and through us as a church in this season? What does he want to do? But we can also ask it as individuals. What is God doing in me and through me in this season? This is a difficult time. There is no doubt about it. Uh, We are facing uh, the threat of illness. We are facing the threat of loss of life. We are facing the threat of uh, collapse of economies, loss of businesses, loss of jobs. It's a difficult time. We need not fear and be anxious because we are filled with the spirit of peace. We have a confidence in Jesus beyond this life. But, But it is a difficult time. And so it's only a few weeks ago we were reminded of of this uh, in our series through James that we're calling Get Real. Uh, James says to the church, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. This is certainly a kind of trial. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Perseverance. 
Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not look, not lacking anything. And, and, and so uh, this scripture reminds us that God uses trials and difficulties for his good purpose in us and through us, that, that God might be wanting to accomplish something in your life in this difficult trial-filled season that would not be accomplished in any other way or in any other capacity. What is God wanting to do in me and through me? What maturity in my faith is he seeking to develop? But I do want to say that, that I don't believe this virus is from God. I don't believe that, that this is a punishment from God sent upon the earth because of, because of a, a particular sin or a particular wrongdoing. I believe Jesus ruled out that kind of idea in the Gospels. I do believe it's what Romans 8 talks about when, when it, the Apostle Paul says all of creation is groaning. All of creation is suffering decay because of sin, big picture, not because of a person's individual sin, except for Adam and Eve, perhaps. But we were reminded of this at the end of that chapter, talking about how, how creation is under decay, that there's, there's sickness and death and illness and, and, and the creation itself, volcanoes and earthquakes. We're, we're reminded towards the end of that chapter... Sorry, in the, I don't have it on the screen, but in the words of Romans 8, 28, it says, and we know this, that God works through all things for the good of those that love him. And, and so I don't believe this is from God. I don't believe that God has sent this upon us, but I do believe that God is wanting to work through this trial in your life, in my life, in our life together to produce in us something. He wants to work through us to produce in the world an increase of his kingdom. And so as I think about this season, I'm reminded of, of Acts chapter 8, and I'm just uh, grabbing Acts chapter 8, verse 1 and 4 uh, to describe the situation, but this is straight after the, the execution of Stephen, one of the first martyrs uh, in the life of, of the early church. And it says, on that day, in Acts chapter 8, verse 1, on that day a great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem and all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. And so this great trial, this great persecution broke out and the church was scattered. Just as this morning, thanks to COVID-19, we're scattered all throughout Yass and the Yass Valley and beyond perhaps. Carl's just shown me a picture of, of where our church is this morning. <laughs> um, scattered. And, and so the church in Jerusalem was scattered. And I don't believe God sent that persecution to them. Some would say that, but I don't believe so. But, but I know that God used it because in Acts chapter 8, verse 4, it says, those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they went. And so the persecution was horrible, but God used it for the spread of the gospel. How might God want to work through us now to advance the gospel. 
I think that that question we're asking, what does God want to do in me and through me in this season, is bigger than just that. Not that anything's really bigger than spreading the good news about Jesus, but you get what I mean. But but I do believe that God wants to use this as an opportunity in me and in you and through us to advance the kingdom, to, to share the gospel, that the church be, could become the light of the world once more in this season. Um, as Carl and I were making trips around uh, the ACT region um, to collect bits of technical equipment to be able to uh, live stream this morning and connect with everyone. We were talking about many things. And, and one of the things we talked about is, is that sometimes we treat the gospel like a panic shopper treats toilet paper. That we make sure we have enough to take care of our own backsides but have no concern for others. So that's, that's what a panic shop is doing with toilet paper there. I want to make sure that I have enough to make sure that my backside is taken care of. But I don't care if there's enough left for anyone else. And see, unlike toilet paper, the gospel, the good news about Jesus is infinite. There's no uh, kind of supply chain shortage on the gospel, but sometimes we, we treat it like there is. We receive Jesus for ourselves. We make sure that our own backside is okay, that we're saved in the name of Jesus but we have less concern for the backsides of others. We have less concern that others would be saved also. Because the truth is just as everyone, well, everyone I've met needs toilet paper, even more so and more desperately, everyone needs to know the good news about Jesus Christ. And, and so let's not treat the gospel like a toilet paper hoarder. Let's share the good news. That can look like so many different things right now. That can look like checking in on your neighbours. That can look like sharing Facebook posts or Instagram. That, that can look like giving someone a call and, and seeing if they're okay. That can look like living out that spirit of peace and power and love and, and self-discipline and, and others seeing that and going, how are you so calm? How are you so centred in this moment? And you say, well, it's because my eyes are fixed on his word and on his presence and I trust in Jesus. There's such a great opportunity for us to proclaim the name of Jesus, to be his hands and feet, his well-washed hands and his you know, foot-tapping feet in this season. So can I say, reach out to your neighbours, both literal and figurative. Jesus said everyone's your neighbour. Can we reach out in the midst of an existential threat Let's share with the world around us in Yas, in Yas Valley and beyond wherever we may be. Let's tell the world that there is a hope beyond death and his name is Jesus. So there are so many questions right now. From toilet paper to death, and life beyond it. So many questions that we're asking, but so many questions that other people are asking that we might have the answer to in Jesus. And so I want to encourage us this morning, and as we dive into this season, to ask ourselves daily, where am I focusing my attention today? Because if we don't make a choice, 
then we'll get locked into the scroll. To ask ourselves daily, what spirit am I filled with? Because if, if, if we're not intentional about fixing our attention and reminding ourselves who the Holy Spirit is within us, then we'll just be contaminated, so to speak, with the spirit of this world of fear and anxiety. And, and I want to encourage us to this morning and in this season daily to ask ourselves, what is God doing in me and through me in this season? What is it today, Lord? What is it today that you want to do in me? What is it today that you want to do through me? And I want to say this morning, if you're, if you're listening to my words and you're like, I don't know if I have that spirit, that spirit of peace, power, love and self-control. Well, the good news of Jesus is that you can be filled with that spirit right now. If you're a believer in Jesus and you're not sure, I want to assure you that the spirit is with you and all you need to do is simply ask, Jesus, please fill me with your spirit this morning. I'm fearful. I'm anxious. Please fill me with your spirit. Uh, but if you're not yet a believer, then, then simply again, all you need to do is ask. You say, Jesus, come into my life. I put my trust in you. Please fill me with your spirit. Amen. It's as simple as that. Now more than ever, though, is, as I've said, a time for the church to pray, to pray, and pray. And so what we're going to do now is uh, Eliza's going to play. And we're just going to take five minutes to pray. Whether we're here in the building, whether we're at home, whether at someone else's home, I believe some people have gotten together in a gym this morning to watch together, uh, which is great. To pray together there as Eliza prays, just for five minutes, together. And I really want us to have that sense of though where we are, where each of us are, there's not that many people there, but, but to have that sense of we're praying together right now. So let's pray. And then I'll... I'll wrap up in prayer and then we'll sing a final worship song together this morning.
And so, Father, we declare that you are greater than all things. We declare that the name of Jesus is above all things. That the power of your Spirit in us and through us and all around this planet, all around creation, is greater than all things. And so, Father, we pray that you would put a stop to this virus. We, we pray that your name would be glorified in this and through this, that hearts would be turned to you, that, that this would be not just a pandemic of a virus, but, but that the praise of the Lord Jesus Christ through this virus pandemic would become pandemic. That, that the praise of Jesus, that trusting in Him would become contagious in this season. We pray for our community and the communities of each of us, Lord. We pray that You would keep them safe. We pray especially for the vulnerable, those at a greater risk of serious illness. We pray for them. We pray that you would watch over them. We pray for wisdom in how we care for them in every capacity, their mental, their physical, their emotional health, Father. And Father, I, I finally pray that we would be aware of your Spirit's presence deeply. That spirit of peace, that spirit of love, that spirit of power, that spirit of of self-discipline or a sound mind, I pray that that would be manifest deeply in every single one of us. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. As you head back into your week, we want to encourage you to stay in His Word, stay in His love, and stay strong in your faith. Don't forget to keep up to date with what's happening via Facebook, Instagram, or via our website at ycbc.church. See you soon.